If you're a veteran or military spouse of an early stage startup or small business and feel like you're making it up as you go, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to The Transition, where we demystify the entrepreneurial experience for veterans and military spouses who've already made or looking to make the transition from the military into entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the voice of The Bunker. I'm a Marine Corps veteran, social entrepreneur, and member of the Bunker Last branding team. In this episode of The Transition, I share a simple framework to set you and your team up for success heading into the new year. Before I jump into the show, make sure you subscribe to The Transition Podcast on your favorite podcast hosting platform and leave us a review. If there's a topic you'd like me to cover on the show, please feel free to shoot me an email at mike.stedman at bunkerlabs.org or message me directly on LinkedIn at Iron Mike Stedman. I also want to encourage you to check out my first book, Black Veteran Entrepreneur, Validate Your Business Model, Build Your Brand, and Step Into Greatness, available on Amazon at the link in the show notes as well. This episode of The Transition is brought to you by MetLife Foundation and their commitment to supporting veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs. In addition, MetLife Foundation also provides mentorship, financial health resources to veterans and military spouses transitioning into the workforce. As always, I hope you enjoyed today's show and that accelerates you on your own entrepreneurial journey. What's going on, Bunker? Hope you all are having a great week out there. I'm feeling energized, and thankful, and just kind of proud this holiday season. I'm coming off a high because I just got back from New York City um, and the CEO circle fly in for this 2022 ending and the 2024 incoming cohort. That was just an amazing time. As you all know, we run different programs in the Bunker from CEO circle to veterans and residents and our ambassador program. And so, you know, producing this show for the Bunker team and uh, leading some branding efforts, I've been able to go around and participate in a lot of these programs. And it's just been very humbling to see the growth of this ecosystem and be able to support it through content and also just see, you know, all that the Bunker is doing to support all of you all out there. And uh, one of the highlights for me with this CEO circle was I got to MC the Bunker Labs mess night. And so, you know, we have our partners at J.P. Morgan Chase, who helped facilitate CEO Circle, and a new partner that I will help announce here soon on the platform. But, uh, you know, a few years ago, we did a mess night in Colorado, and I told Blake Hogan, Bunker Lab CEO, how much I appreciated that because, you know, I feel like a lot of us have this culture that we left behind when we transitioned out of the military, and we keep trying to fit ourselves into this civilian world. And a lot of our military traditions and cultures doesn't just always translate over. And to be able to be part of this ecosystem, to be able to focus on veteran and military spouse entrepreneurship and still do a mess night, which is very traditional to us, was just absolutely amazing. And I appreciated it. And so being able to emcee that event for the CEO Circle participants was was just absolutely phenomenal. So I'm coming off a high, y'all. But for the sake of today, one of the things I want to talk about is these, these fr- this framework of leadership, strategy, and delegation. Listen, you know, when you're in the day-to-day blocking and tackling, running our ventures, and as we have this, you know, this last month to kind of reflect and look on the, the things we accomplished this year and the things that we want to accomplish next year, I really want you to think about the three buckets of leadership, strategy, 
and delegation. Because at any given time, I feel like so many of us are getting pulled in a thousand different directions. And, you know, what are we supposed to prioritize? And as much as we try to stay in our zones of genius, those are the things that only we can do and drive the most value in our business, right? It All it takes is one email, one phone call, you know, or something to just kind of throw us off our game. And so what I want to do with this episode is to get you refocused and prioritized on what I think is going to drive a lot of value for you all. And I was reading this book called The Fractional CMO by Casey Stanton. And, you know, I run an agency, Ironbound Media. So I am always just trying to create content because some of the shows I actually like to host, like The Transition. But at the same time, I still got to drive sales. You know, I still got to think strategically. I still got to do a lot of other stuff. And so one of the reasons I was reading this book was just as I continue to scale up, you know, my venture and just try to become a better entrepreneur, right? I read a lot of books and I tell you, I read these books so you don't have to because through my content, I'm able to just kind of pass the knowledge along. And one of the things he talked about in this book is that a CMO's responsibilities are leadership strategy and delegation. And I was like, damn, man, that's super powerful. And I don't even think that just applies to a fractional CMO. I think that applies to an entrepreneurial leader leader in general. And so, you know, let's think about this, right? Go back a few years ago when we were in the middle of the pandemic, right? There was all this uncertainty that was taking place. Some of us had to improvise, adapt, and overcome. You know, we had in-person businesses. Like in my case, I had a boxing gym. A lot of you all out there, maybe you had a retail operation or something, but you had to kind of improvise. And all of our team was looking towards us, you know, because we're the ones that have to protect them through this uncertainty and we have to lead them through it. So what does leadership look like for us as an entrepreneur? And I think it's a couple buckets, right? We had, I forgot his name from a team red, white, and blue who I had on the podcast, but we talked about kind of leading yourself first. Okay. So what does that mean? That means kind of finding that quiet time to kind of just sit and think. And for me, the, the things that I find really powerful that enable me to do that is reading and writing. And so even before I recorded this episode, I just cranked open a Google Doc and I started just cranking out some notes. OK, when I go in into the city, I ride the train. Right. I'm always carrying a book or something with me because that gets my brain kind of spinning and it just kind of quiets all the noise around. So, you know, back in the pandemic, right, having to read and write and think through, OK, how do I get my team out of this? How do I come up with some new products or services? How do we bring some innovation that's going to allow us to stay in the fight and weather this storm, however long that that pandemic is? And in my case, right, gym was closed down. We end up launching a entrepreneurship program for the kids called Thrive. And, you know, I just start to get after it. And I remember jumping on calls with my team and saying, hey, no matter what happens, rain, sleet, hell or snow, we are going to fight the good fight. And like, I'm not going to quit no matter what. I'm going to go as far as we can and keep this dream alive. And so that's what I did. All right. And to me, I equate that with, you know, kind of leadership. We got to go beyond the like rah, rah. Right. That's what I'm trying to get you to. Right. It's all good to be all encompassing and inspiring and stuff. But like, you really need to be intentional and you need to think about, you know, all the different opportunities that are out there right? The pros and cons, right? All the landmines, the traps and say, okay, uh, I have this clear why, okay? Why are we doing what we're doing? And to me, that's the power of the leader, right? Is being able to sell this vision. 
And so it's easy to say, okay, leadership, Mike, I got you. You need to reach and you write. But the reason I want you to do that, because I want you to always come back to this articulate why. What is the why behind everything that you're doing? What is going to motivate you and your team, right? And again, this why can't just be self-serving, like, oh, I want to build generational wealth. No, it needs to be a why that's inspiring, right? A why that motivates people to get up at the 11th hour and send an email. It needs to motivate people to want to, you know, forgo a paycheck for a couple months, right? To weather the storm, right? This is the kind of why that I'm talking about. And I sent out an email to some of my coaching clients this week sharing a story that happened even recently with Ironbound. You know, I sent a team to USA Boxing Nationals in Lafayette, Louisiana this week. And last week, one of my boxers, about two weeks ago, one of my boxers said, hey, coach, can you give me a letter that's going to let my teacher know and let the school know that I'm going to be missing school to go to um, the competition? So essentially, an excusal letter. And I dropped the ball and I completely forgot about it because he said it to me in passing, right? Well, the young boxer, his name is Sebastian Salinas, he messages me on Instagram and asks again about the letter. And I was like, oh, snap, right? Like I completely forgot about it. It's like 10 o'clock at night. I shoot an email to my admin and said, hey, can we get Sebastian's letter to him because he needs it in order to miss school? And this was like Thursday night, I believe. And so we only had one more day to do it. I shut that email off within like six seconds. My admin responded and said, I'll take care of it. And we were able to get him the letter as soon as he woke up the next morning. We were able to email it to the school. And we also printed off copies um, for him at the gym just in case. Now, our core purpose at Ironbound Boxing is to build champions in and out of the ring, right? As much as we like kids winning belts and medals and all that stuff, right? We don't want them just to be the world's greatest, like, amateur boxer, right? We want them to do good in school want them to start businesses, go to college, you know, just have a meaningful and fulfilling life. And so an important aspect of that for this young man right now is just making sure we're taking care of him um, on the school side of the house, right? I didn't have my admin get up at 10 o'clock at night, right? I didn't inspire her, you know, to do that with some motivating phone call, right? What I will tell you is we have alignment on this stuff. Everybody on my team understands how important it is to support these kids at Ironbound Boxing, okay? And I pound that into the pavement, and more importantly, I try to live it. But we do have this all-encompassing, you know, core purpose is to build champions in and out of ring, and that in itself unites us. And I told my team, listen, do not ask for, for permission, right? Ask for forgiveness. So with that as our North Star, whatever we do within those left and right lateral limits, right, I'm going to be about it, right? So that's inspiring, right? And so that's what we have to create. We have to create an atmosphere where people understand what our commander's intent and feel empowered to want to support us and help us accomplish the mission, but at the same time, you know, operate without us having to stand over their shoulders and say, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this. All right, so we got the leadership aspect of it. And I want you to tie this to that overarching core purpose that drives everything you do. And remember, you have to live it. It's not just enough to write it. That second bucket, okay, strategy. This is why I want you to read and write as well because you need to articulate what's in your head and get it on paper, right? Most entrepreneurs I come across, particularly in this ecosystem, we're, we're, we're trying to be well-read as best we could, 
as best we can, right? And we're listening to podcasts, right? We're going to events, whether it's CEO Circle or Veterans and Residents, sorry, programs. We're going to events, MilVet Startup Conference, Military Influencer Conference. We are investing in ourselves. That way, when we do start to make decisions, right, sometimes it looks like we're just, you know, winging it, right? But at the same time, though, we're bringing a lot of input and data that our teams do not necessarily understand that fuel the decisions that we're making, all right? But what we have to do is we have to, again, share the vision. We have to share the strategy, right? So what I want to challenge you to do is get in the good habit of not just cranking out a whiteboard and saying, okay, here's the strategy. I want you to go two to three steps deeper, and I want you to start writing your strategies. One of the changes I made two years ago with Ironbound Media that I've talked about multiple times on this podcast is that we don't do proposals. We do a brand probe. So I probe our clients or prospects brand similar to, you know, you probing the enemy's defense and you just find out where the gaps are, where the opportunities are. And so, you know, two years ago, about two years ago, I started writing these briefs, right? These strategy briefs. I do executive summary. Client comes to us, you know, they clearly they have a problem. They want to launch some content or something. I do the executive summary and it's really just crystallizing kind of like, hey, where this client is at now and why they came to us, right? And then the next level is my recommendation, okay? So, you know, I meet with them for about an hour and a half. We do a deep dive. I look at all their website. I look at all their materials. I know who their perfect customer is, what the most profitable things they sell, right? Just a full, like, curated list of questions that I ask them that they answer. And then I take that to actually say, hey, this is what I think we need to do, okay? And I've, the more I've done this, the better I am at them. Like, I can crank these suckers out quick. And to be honest, like, I just hired a marketing person on my team, Drew O'Brien. Shout out to Drew. He does all the branding for all my brands, like the brand identity stuff. Uh, but I needed a little bit more support. And so I uh, reached out to Drew, brought him on as a member of the team. And one of the things that I did, and he told me, he's like, you're going to hate it, but I need you to do a brand probe on Ironbound Media. Right? So you know what I did? I cranked it out. This is where we're at. This is why I need your help. This is where I need your help. This is some of the things that are holding us back. This is where I think we can, this is how I think we can win, right? And just put this all on a single doc and then was able to send it to them. And when I talk to my team, right, they, they've told me that the single best thing that they think I do beyond just the leadership stuff is like that brand probe because it's so helpful for them. We bring on new clients. They can see the 30,000 foot view as well as like the, the tactical level of like how we're going to execute it. And then the same thing with like us as a as a company, right? Like where are we headed and how do we plan to get how do we plan to get there, et cetera. And it's one thing, like I said, to be that inspirational leader, you know, and uh, jump on stage or jump on a Zoom call and try to rally the troops. Right. But when you take it a little step deeper, you articulate your thoughts down on paper. You're able to tie in, hey, what is the most profitable thing we sell? Because, you know, your team doesn't really always understand, you know, how your business makes money, right? Sometimes they do, but again, like, unless you're doing open books management, like, as leaders, we're really kind of educating this generation about financial literacy, because I think the best kind of financial literacy is actually running a business, because you get to see how our kind of economy works. You get to see what it is to create value out of thin air and what it means to create a profitable business. So there's just a lot of, you know, opportunity there, but don't assume that people know these things, right? So that's why, okay, in addition to talking to people, 
have something that they can visually look at and that they can visually reference and go back to you. They'll go back to. And what's what's beautiful about strategy, right? Like, you know, what's Mike Tyson say? Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face, right? So you set a, uh, you give yourself time on the strategy. So let's say, okay, we come up with this new strategy. And what we're going to do is we're going to focus on this target demographic, you know, for the next 90 days. Okay. So what do you do, right? You set the strategy in place, right? You target the perfect customer. You say, you know, hey, this is the marketing we're going to use to reach them. These are the sales channels that we're going to target on. These are the assets that we need to make. And we're going to, you know, here's our marching orders for the next 90 days. So for first 30 days, right, you get to 30 days, you say, hey, is this working? You know, and you reassess. You say, hey, we're going to keep pushing it. Do it again. 60 days in. Hey, how's it going? I don't know. I think it's good so far, right? Boom. Then you're at 90 days. And then you say, hey, do we stay with this strategy or do we need to implement something else? And what I will caution you all to do out there is don't just be switching strategies all the damn time, right? You can implement the fire bullets thing cannonballs that Jim Collins talks about where you test a bunch of different things, but you pay attention to what's really working and what's resonating. And then once you get a big ping, a big ping, then you go all in. Now, on strategy, one of the things I, I stress to all my clients and I want to stress to you is make sure you have a category strategy. So I'll, I believe I've done a full episode on category design. If not, I will come back and do it on this pot, platform. But I just record so much content, it's hard to keep up now. But listen, you got three options when it comes to a category strategy. You can go head to head with an established player. You can niche down in a strong market with proven and existing demand, or you can create a new category altogether. You are in one of those three buckets, right? If you're doing government contracting for, I don't know, cybersecurity and the DMV area, right? That's an example of like niching down in a market with strong demand. If you're creating a new category, that's think of like uh, open AI, right? You know, and their language model thingy that they use for chat GPT, that's great category level. And then going head to head with an established player, that's like trying to outsmart Google or somebody that already dominates a space, whether it's surge, email, let's say coffee, veteran owned coffee brands like Black Rifle Coffee, right? In my mind, right, that's a category king. So if I was to launch a if I were to launch a coffee brand, I wouldn't go head to head with like a Black Rifle. I would innovate the business model of like fresh coffee within, I don't know, 72 hours or less on your doorstep. So that's a business model invitation, innovation that you can niche down in. Or you say something along the lines of, hey, we're Maryland's number one premier veteran-owned coffee brand. And if y'all want me to come back on here and do a deeper dive on category, I will. I have a pretty good slide deck that I put together on how to develop a category strategy for veteran-owned businesses. And what I think I want to do is I want to record that via Loom because I'm a visual person. Podcasting is great, but I think once you see it, it's really going to help solidify what I'm talking about to you. Okay, so let me recap my kind of approach to strategy, right? Executive summary, where we are now, your strategy, this is what you think and why, and then had that, that, that category strategy um, in there. And then the last thing is the delegation piece. And this is something that I struggle with because I move at like a thousand miles an hour, right? I've t taken a couple of assessments, the Colby A, I've done the cultural index. And so I'm what you call like a rainmaker in the cultural index. So it's like I'm out there. I just like talking to people. I love shaking hands and kissing babies. What I don't like to do is create spreadsheets and 
Google Docs and all that other stuff, like those processes, right? That's not my zone of genius, which is why I need to have a number two, whether it's a, a project manager or a, a virtual assistant, it's key for me, okay? And then the other assessment, the Colby, I'm what's called a quick start. So like I can come up with a business idea um, and I can like do it within like 24 hours. Or if I'm like, oh, I want to do a personal website, like I did, I jump on with a designer, a hirer, boom, next thing you know, and then the project stalls out for like three months because I can't finish the website. But like that's my personality. So I'm, I want to get better at delegating. And so as I'm talking to you all about how to do it, right, I'm, we're kind of thinking out loud around that too because that's where the leadership comes in. Then you have the strategy, and then you say, okay, now we got to start delegating. And here's the epiphany I've had, right? You actually don't have to be the delegator. That's why you can have that number two person, that COO, that chief of staff, that virtual assistant, right? Somebody to help take what you've created as the visionary and start to assign tasks to other potential team members. Now, I understand that not everybody has a full team, okay? But what you can do is start to think ahead and say, as soon as I start to get some revenue in, this is the first thing that I want to take off my plate and start to delegate. And I think this is going to be the biggest unlock, right? And so for me, when I was doing Ironbound Media, one of the first things I started delegating was editing the audio, editing and uploading the audio. Because I started as a one-man shop, just producing, my, I think it was my first podcast, Confessions of a Native Son. Then we start doing the transition. I was able to bring on the audio engineer, CJ. Shout out to CJ behind the scenes. And she just has taken it and run with it. Because what you all have to realize too is the way my business model was initially set up as I was sitting in on all the recording sessions. And while I was doing that and also editing the audio, I wasn't in my zone of genius of creating educational content that built our brand and serves as a lead gen of new business. So like I need to be in a position where I'm focusing on driving sales and coming up with new products to go to market and tweaking our business model not necessarily spend all my time, you know, editing and uploading audio. And so being able to de delegate that was a huge lift for me, right? Next thing is uh, invoicing, right? So that's great while you have a virtual assistant. Have somebody to be that wrangler, right? Have those invoices going out automatically, you know, and somebody tracking them and doing the follow-up and stuff like that. So delegation is key because you can't do everything alone. I know everybody's trying to sell this, like, solopreneur idea of building a business but at a certain point right you're gonna want to focus on the things that give you joy and not the things that drain you and for a lot of entrepreneurs i know it's a lot of the tedious the project management type of stuff that that drains people okay so figure out what are the things that you need to delegate at a small level right so we talk about editing audio editing audio and stuff etc but at a higher level as well so like i'm thinking out loud again a big component of what we need to do is we need to grow our email list, right? And have that as our primary platform, or not primary. Primary is going to be the podcast. Secondary will be email, okay? So main effort podcast, supporting effort email. And I'm still struggling on the email aspect side of the house because I'm still writing a lot of emails. I'm the bottleneck, and that's where I need to start delegating because if I write this strategy out, and say, hey, email marketing is a core part of our strategy. Who can I delegate to help facilitate this? And this is some of the stuff that we're working on the, the back end. You know, what does the process look like from Mike to come up with an idea or source a piece of content 
and say, hey, we want to run this in the email newsletter. Who's responsible for that? Who's responsible for updating it? You know, hitting send, all of those kind of things, because that is what unlocks massive value. And so when you're sitting in your one bedroom apartment, right, or maybe you're at your coffee shop or maybe you have a damn conference room like a lot of you all do. And I know some people do because, again, I was just hanging out with some of y'all in CO circle. Right. When you wake up tomorrow and you say, "Okay, look, I got to move my company forward. I got to move myself forward. You know, we got this new year coming up and I want to be ready. I want to hit the ground running. I want you to think about these three pillars. Leadership. What is our why? Maybe we need to refine it. Maybe we need to update it. You know, we need to create one because we don't have one. Get that core purpose front and center, right? Because that's going to drive everything that you do. Then you need to develop a strategy, right? And I want your strategy on paper. There's a lot of different organizations out there, operating systems out there that can help you craft a strategy. But sometimes I know simpler is better, right? And I'm a big proponent, like I said, of writing it out. So have your strategy somewhere, right? I recommend Google Doc, piece of paper or something, but I do want you to send it out to your team members so they can read it, so they can see the vision. Because again, you don't want them guessing, right? They can't read what's in your head. And when you have to write or you come up with a framework that you deliver the strategy with, right, it is going to be more impactful, right? Because again, you want to condense it and you want to make it digestible for your team. And then the last thing is delegation, right? Right butts in the right seat, right? And uh, I think Dan Sullivan has a book, Who, Not How. And I need to go through that again and take some notes. I started reading it like last year, but I want to start writing about that kind of stuff. So leadership, strategy, and delegation. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. I appreciate you when you stop me in person and uh, let me know how much you enjoy the podcast or you shoot me a message on LinkedIn. It really energizes my soul because this is your platform. I just get to be the steward. I get to be the voice of the bunker. And so if there's topics you all want me to cover on the podcast, shoot me an email at mike.stedman at bunkerlabs.org or message me directly on LinkedIn at Iron Mike Stedman. Until next time, everyone, peace, love. Have a great rest of your week.